Same. My uh, my internet just dropped out pre-show, so this is a good sign. Starting well, hot. We've had a good weekend, though, boys, haven't we? Had a, we've had a ripping day, and we're going to finish this weekend off. Easy day. Do I have time we to go to the toilet? Do I have time to go to the toilet? <laughs> Honestly, the toilet. Actually, we're live. I'm, I'm sweating a bit. No, seriously, I'm actually sweating. <laughs> the Gold Coast make you sweat. <laughs> well, no, there's a 25... It's a 25 second intro that I'm about to play. If you can do it in that time, off you go. One, two, three, I'll give no credit to this side ever. I'll give no respect to this side. John O'Brook, honorary blues brother, Will Hayes. Yeah, Mr. Paul Sebastiani. Welcome back to the show, mate. This one game is a build up of you know, a year's worth of work. That's, that's if you think of his performance. And I gave my opinion. <laughs> it's an opinion based podcast. Fair enough. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to episode 95 of the Almost Blues Brothers podcast, brought to you by Piotr Health and Performance, proudly powered by the Blue Broad Podcast Network and YouTube channel. Uh, if you are new, welcome. It's a good night to be new. If you're, if you're returning, welcome back. It's going to be a good pod tonight. It's been, it's been a while since we've done one of these, boys. First off, how are we? Really good. Hands are a bit sore. <laughs> Explain, Jules. Far. We just, we made a lot of salami, boys, huh? <laughs> <laughs> for, for anyone that, uh, that didn't tune in last week, uh, when we when we said this, Dan, Jules and I made, it was only 25 kilos. It wasn't, it wasn't a big batch. 25 kilos of salami. 41 salami, I think we got through in the end, Jules. Yeah, something like that. So, yeah, they're hanging up in the garage and hopefully good to go in about five, six weeks. But we need to comment on how, how efficient our conveyor belt was of churning these things out. Joe, Jules, we were efficient today. It was. Efficient is an understatement. Then to top it off with a a nice Negroni, Jules, we like that little touch. I think it's done, to be honest with you. I'm going to make a comment. How today went from making salami in the morning to watching Carlton wallop a team Okay, which we haven't seen for a long time for since the West Coast. To then playing golf. Uh, to then now doing this podcast, boys. It's actually probably a complete day. Probably it was the good. most complete day I've had. We were and like you said, it was efficient. It was as efficient as what our inside fifty efficiency was, to be honest, if not better. That one Listen, point. this podcast as Carlton supporters, this podcast can go one or two ways. We can either stay level headed or we can be arrogant as <laughs> For no reason, though. For no reason. Because we've had Gold Coast. <laughs> Damien, Damien asks, did you guys have un bello sugo with cotoletti for lunch after baking salami? No, we had a beautiful pasta that uh, Jules's mum prepared early, early, early in the morning. 8 a.m. She was, she was, she was setting up the table at 8 a.m. <laughs> never, never been done before. If, uh, if someone had told me before today that the Blues' winning margin would be by more points than Salami's made, I would have laughed. Yep. Made 41 Salami and we surpassed it. Unbelievable. Genuinely unbelievable. John well, Holden um, thinks we should. John Holden thinks we should. Salami brothers. The Salami brothers. <laughs> Don't mind that. There's uh, a bit of Salami going around, I'll tell you that much. Hey, there's a lot. Dan did miss one crucial part of his day that he forgot to talk about. 
as well, by the way, just quietly. Did you like how I left it out of the chain of events to my ideal day? Dan scampered off at about quarter past 12 to, was it St. Ignatius? <laughs> yeah, over in Carlton. Uh, Saint, no, we didn't have to go to St. Ignatius. We went to Carlton. We had to go to the like the parish church in the area. Dan's getting married in a church, and anyone that anyone that's Catholic that that gets married in a church would know that you've got to go through a bit of um, marriage counselling. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't call it marriage counselling, but yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know what they call it. He turns he turned to me and he said, "Like, is there anything that you think you can fix about you in your relationship?" And I said, "No, I'm perfect." <laughs> <laughs> but the other half huh? then, well, I, then, I, well then he goes well can you say something about your, your other half and I just made, made a massive list of things <laughs> alright we're, we're going we're gonna to get off this path lazy conqueror no my wedding's in my wedding's actually going to be on derby day um, yes it is I've already got it I'm a big I'm a big punter as you know I, I actually love horse racing and I've actually told Jules and Joe that what I'm going to do is when I'm up there on the altar and I'm saying my vows, I'm going to be doing like race three, number seven with my eyes and bet like that. <laughs> oh, my God. I oh, think... Let's start this pod. <laughs> now, have you still got me? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Just... right now, for my internet may drop out and it, it should be the last week. My MacBook's getting fixed. For anyone that saw the Instagram during the week. So hopefully next week there's no more dropouts. I just saw the Wi-Fi drop a little bit. So I do apologize. Jules and Dan can we know they can host this show now. We all saw it last week. It was a masterclass. It was a genuine masterclass the way they took it. I don't even need to be here. I don't at the end of the day. If you haven't already, go follow us on Instagram at almost blues brothers, on Twitter at almost blues bros. And please, while you're here, like and subscribe to the Blue Broad YouTube channel. If you're watching live, join the 10,000 subscribers that are already here. And if you're listening on Spotify or Apple, hit that five stars, leave us a review. Boys, happy pod, man. Without any further ado, let's get into it. Yep. Happy, 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 happy pod. And like Dan said, it could go one or two. I don't know. We we caught up pre-show for five minutes to talk about what we're going to talk about tonight. So it could go either way. We might blow the lid off by the end. We might stay calm. <laughs> I'm not sure. Either way, boys, how did you feel watching that today? And obviously we didn't go. It's the first time that we haven't been able to go all season to a Victorian game. How how did it feel watching it from uh, from home? It was good to get a win, um, you know, but at the end of the day, I feel like as if it was against West Coast, obviously them going off the bye, they did get some two good wins, obviously, prior to that up in Darwin. Um, but yeah, obviously still need to try to keep level headed as much as possible after the bye and then hopefully go into Hawthorne and hopefully go on a bit of a, a winning streak. What are you laughing at, Joe? Jimmy Laser, this 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 was brought to my attention during the week, just off topic a little bit. Jimmy Laser saw Dan walking in Docklands with dumbbells over his shoulders uh, and no and no top on, <laughs> apparently. Jimmy, um, the the thing about that comment is I'm disappointed you didn't help me out with the dumbbells. 
Yeah, that's that's also true. Actually, that's yeah. very true. I would I would have liked some help, but that's all right. Let's let's move on. I don't think Dan, I have my top off though. That's a bit weird. <laughs> Dan, what, what did you what? How did you feel watching the game? Did you were you? I don't know. It was well, kind of weird, right? Were you excited? Well, uh, prior. No, what like watching it unfold? Um, first quarter, I thought, oh no, here again, here we go again. In the first quarter personally. Um, but then obviously then we came out second quarter um, and onwards. And I just thought, whoa, like where, where was this? Yeah. I, I thought where, where was this all season? Well, you know, that, that was more towards what we were used to seeing us blow a team out um, in a quarter of footy, but convincingly as well. And, and get back to, our, you know, winning the stoppage and winning the clearance and to, you know, being, um, being clinical in front of goal. You know, we talk about scoreboard pressure every week, but bloody hell, look at the difference that it makes for our side. Like, you talk about teams being a confidence side and and players being confidence players. Well, can't football clubs that because you put three, four, you know, three, four goals on the board and and they look like a, a I'm not going to say premiership team, but look like a top eight side now. We, we did. We look like a top eight side again and we buried teams that realistically should be under us. But I just... I'm still staying. I kept uh, people were messaging me after the game, and I just said I'm just still not convinced. And I said it to you boys as well, personally, just because I think this year's really broken me. But very a lot more promising in terms of what we delivered. I like the fact that I think I've never seen us play on more than what we did today. We moved the ball. Yeah. We took the game on. That's what I like to see. Sincotta had this passage of play where ran through the corridor instead of just. Instead of maybe stopping and propping, he's actually just taken two players on. He dished the ball out to someone and we got a shot on goal. And it was the difference, you know? So I really like to see that. I like to see the dock off the half back again. Like just how many times do we need to say, just play him off half back. It's more damaging there. Sadi was in his groove early, which you can see the freedom. If we give Sadi the freedom to be able to do so, then he can just do what he wants. I think he was going to 88%. He was like nearly close to the leading disposal getter. Um but that it's the point, clinical, yeah. it's in clinical in front of gold boys for me that was the main thing that just separated us from them. Like, really, you know, how many weeks do we talk about Joe? You message me, and we'll say, in, this time last week, we'll four goals six or two goals ten or uh, whatever it was, you know, and now we'll ten goals two. So massive. Yeah. Just- yeah, the big thing in the first quarter was we obviously weren't the dominant in some terms of center clearances and whatnot, but the pressure was still there. So I, I feel like as if it sort of allowed us to stay in the game to some extent. Um, and then from the second quarter onwards, but particularly in the second quarter, obviously getting the Senate center clearance, dominant, dominant, uh, domination back. Um, it sort of reminded me of the first half of last year. Mm. This, Plus, is really, yeah. this, is a, this is a really good comment from John Holden, actually. Cunningham and Fogarty were a welcoming presence. You could tell they hadn't played all year because they didn't have that defeated mentality. And it's true. This is why, this is why rewarding good form in the twos is good to see and to have a healthy list is because when you, when you lose seven straight, if you can't bring in personnel that haven't had a sniff, they're not going to try and lift the team. They're not going to try and do what we saw fog and Cunningham do at certain times today and take the game on because they want to have an impact, right? If it's the yeah. same team rolling out every week that loses every week, they, they, it's a defeated mentality before they can get out there. It's a, it's a really, really good comment. I actually like yeah. that. To be honest, the, the, sorry, Joe, but the other thing that was, great to see and sorry to cut you off but was that we were at least we came out 
and worked on our shortfalls. So last week you could see was kicking in front of goal, our accuracy in front of goal, and obviously our tackling pressure around the ball. Now, how noticeable was it, like you mentioned just now, Jules, but we had people around the ball. TDK was even getting involved in applying pressure. Like, yeah. well, we, we had, had numbers around the ball the to, to lock it in, you know? Compared to 33 the week before. But another thing, yeah. too, is with the likes of Fogarty and Cunners, particularly around the ball, it gave us another sort of dynamic type of movement around the ball. And then obviously with dropping Young as well in terms of the back half, you have the likes of obviously Kemp's a pretty smooth mover as well. Um, even McGovern, you got Sincotta, you got uh, Saad, you got Doherty, um, and you got the likes of Cot- uh, Cotters and, and on the wing. And it's the ball movement just be purely because of the, I guess, the body types and speed of movement of players. Um, it helps so much. And then you got the likes of Martin inside the forward 50 now who, you know, didn't have probably a lot of goal assists or um, or didn't even, really hit, didn't even hit the scoreboard. But at the end of the day, you can just see he has that class and composure and finding targets inside forward 50. And, that, and he's got that connection between that midfield and forward 50 as well, which helps in abundance. Yeah, but it was, it's, it's, can, I, can, I just, can I just say something? All the names that we've just said, like I've just listened to all the names you've, you've listed. Kemp, Martin, Cunningham, Fogarty, Sincotta. Like, we're not talking about... This, this is this is what we haven't spoken about every other week is these bottom six or mid six players like that haven't stepped up these these guys uh, have been in and out of the side all year really those five players we've just listed right and they're the one even Jordan Boyd right he's only just come back into the into the side so I thought he was brilliant with the 11 touches that he had it felt like he had more than 11 when I looked at the stat sheet I, cu- I couldn't couldn't believe it but it, it's those types of players that need to step up and they stepped up today like they had impact yeah. sure Cripps kicked three. Chera had his 27. Walsh was clean. Doherty had 30-odd. Harry kicked two or three, whatever it was. Charlie kicked a couple. I, I get it. Like, those top six, they dominated as well. But the first five players we've spoken about here, they're not superstars. They're not world beaters. They, they're just yeah. role players. Cottrell's another one. Kick two. Like, these guys just came in, played the role that we've been asking to play a role for all year for the first time for a blistering second quarter, which we haven't seen for a year since the Sydney game. We just yeah. haven't. We- we had nine players that had more than eight, sorry, 18 touches or more. Nine players. There you go. So it there just goes go. to show in terms of the even contribution. Obviously, the top five players were Doc, Walsh, Chera, Kenny, and Cripps. Um, obviously, your most notable players. Obviously, four of those are your inside players um, in terms of the midfield mix. But then on top of that, we had nine goal kickers. Nine. Yeah. You, our average is around six. Yeah. You know? And I think about six or seven of them, of those were multiple as well. So, um, yeah, like I said, like you were saying, Joe, it's just the even spread across the board in terms of obviously work rate. I'd love to see in terms of the averages of like ta- like tackles um, in terms of our lo- low, like our lowest amount. But I'm having a look here and it's probably about, you know what? There was only three I think it was players. Five, players. five players had six tackles or something today. Yeah. Three players, three players didn't lay a tackle. Only yeah. three. And who were they? Pitto. Well, Martin. Pitto and Martin. Martin. Here it says part Martin, uh, Pitto and Dow. That's what oh, it yeah. says yeah. here. Whether whether that's it's it. correct or not is a different story, but that's what it says here on the AFL app. All right. So it just goes to show, like even contribution across the board in terms of possession, in terms of um, goals, in terms of obviously pressure as well in, in relation to the tackles. And you see the, the, the end result. Yeah, but that's – but. The, the the thing that I want to emphasize to everyone today is that we were we were rewarded for our effort. 
we're not the effort we're awarded for our product sorry going inside 50 that's the difference because early yeah. Cotter's kicked two early Harry had his goal goal or two early Chez converted like it's the reward for the product which we've seen previous in previous weeks that we've been getting the ball inside 50 we've been getting the looks but I feel like our looks as well today were in better positions and they were and I'll and I'll I'm not someone with an ego that can't say I'm wrong. I I had a I had an opinion last week where I thought a lot of our games we were having shots that we should have converted. I saw some visuals tonight. Only the Bulldogs and Sydney game I would say are two games where we cost ourselves in front of goal. That's what cost us the win. The rest you could argue either way, but they were two clear ones. Outside of that, really, that's about it. But I looked at the, I looked at the heat map for set shots today and the heat map from most of the other games today was the best, the best. Uh, from a, a, heat, a hot spot perspective where we're getting our looks from. So, yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's on the back of our ball movement. And on yeah, top of sure. that, like we said, I think Chills mentioned in the comments, we kicked 7-1 from center, center bounces. That's yeah, massive. Yeah, the record's eight. That's, yeah. Like, yeah that's, oh, that's off the charts. But it was 7-1 really to nice. zero. It was 7-1 to zero. They yeah, hadn't yeah. scored from a center bounce. Yeah, but there was that's a lot insane. more freedom. There was a lot more freedom, boys, with the way we moved the ball, yeah? And you the could see they weren't. Well, they weren't overthinking. They weren't overthinking the options. Sure. And this is where I think Lewis, like Lewis Young in the back line hurted us. It hurt us a bit with the ball movement because he would second guess his option. Whereas he's, Newing straight on the boot, Kemp, they're all the same that type of player that just moved the ball. First option, while we're talk, get it forward, go. Just while we're talking about center bounces, here's, here's one for you. So Jack Silvani, Jesse Motlop, Corey Durden, uh, Zach Fisher's played through there as well. They, they, none of them played today. None. And I felt that the pressure when the ball hit the deck inside 50 was as good as it's been all season. Now, those four players I listed, they're four players that would have been in everyone's best 22 at the start of the year. None of them are playing at the moment. Dirds is injured, obviously, but you know he was, he was out of touch before the injury. But it just goes to show you don't need – you literally don't need superstar players across the field. You need role Not players. Great. And today, today, Matt Cottrell played a role. Today, David Cunningham played a role at times. Today, Lockie Fogarty definitely played a role. I think he gets another look. Um, and Matt always laid six tackles. He laid six tackles today. So the, it, there's a reason why we're able to score from center bounce because the pressure was there as soon as we got the ball in. We hadn't seen that all year until today. We just hadn't. As, as convincing of a win that it was today, you know, you asked me what was my thoughts through the game. So in the second half, that was my thought. Well, like, well, where was this all year? But... Towards the end, I was thinking to myself, "What? How, how does this team respond, and how do we play when the pressure's on us?" That's what. That's still my biggest question mark over this side: is oh, sure. when they're tested, or when there's question marks or pressure, and things aren't going our way because things went our way, and, and but not 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 for for the you know, you know they weren't. It wasn't luck. We obviously played well, but. This is where this team's always tested is is when their pressure's on them and things don't go their way. How can they respond? Yeah. So let's have if a If we can get a couple of obviously wins after the bye, it's the Port Adelaide game that's going to be the most interesting, whether we're going to see whether we can, I guess, have hopes for finals or not, essentially. I think that's going to be the game, obviously, that's the test. Agree. Uh, look, finals, if you want to talk finals, you can. That's still... That's I'm still... not... Uh, at the end of the day, you've got to cling on to something. Um, and, you know, we're, what, one game out now, I think? 
Mathematically? Two, one two. and a half. But one and a half, yeah, but one I think the dogs, dogs have a game in hand because they have the bye. Yeah. Yeah. So I think. Or maybe not, actually. I have to check that. Anyway, regardless, it's it's a game and a half or two and a half games, whatever it is. Like, it's still a long way away. A long way away. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't, I'm not sure too many people realize this. That was our first win in Victoria since Good Friday. That's yeah. how long it's been. Like, think about how many games we've been to since then. First win since Good Friday. That's like 10 weeks, almost. So, you know, you can tell what you want. Yeah, they're a C-grade side. Well, you know, I don't I don't say Gold Coast are a C-grade side. If they won today, they're in the eight. Like, they've, they've, they've had some good form. They're midfield. They're, they're, they pride themselves on contested possession and clearance. And Jared Witts is one of the, the more contested ruckmen in the league. And they got dominated today. Our mids, our mids stepped up. And it's the first time I've seen them step up for a long time. And I just hope... If I'm going to take one thing away from this game, to be honest, in the big picture, I said it to Jules pre-show. I just hope, I just hope our mids. So Cripps, Chera, Walsh, Kennedy, and we'll talk about that mix in a minute with a few personnel that we're missing. But I hope those four with TDK and Peter. I hope they remember now what that feels like going forward because I felt like they lost that that spark or that understanding of how they could get it done because they they were dominant today. That was that was what we saw at the start of last year out of the middle. It was just blistering it was it was bruising like get the ball at all costs get it forward and 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 run them over so i hope for the rest of the season from here that they that at least that midfield group can gel like that every single week because if they do you can say what you want like we've got to win seven of our next nine right to their final chance if they do that every week we're tough to beat man we know we are we know only we are. only if we hit the scoreboard joe it's scoreboard pressure yeah. man it's only if we hit the scoreboard because if you have all that work and you do all that good work and you don't hit the scoreboard like we did, and I'm not expecting us to be as accurate as what we were, but you know, that it puts pressure on the other side. Gold Coast today look like what we've been the past four weeks. Yeah, I said that to Jules actually. True. Do yeah, I say that true. No pressure. No I don't pressure think the they ball. had um yeah. I mean, I don't think they had the opportunities that we've had against some other teams that we have lost against. But I feel like as if in terms of Joe in relation to the the midfield mix. I think we've, I think Walsh not playing at a half forward or Doctor playing at a half forward as well. I think that sort of helped with the inclusions of Fog, um, Cunners, and even Martin as well. Um, I think the mix and the you know the ability to be a bit more flexible in and around there helps with not having to put like a Kennedy on the half back or a chair on the half back as well. Um, and then obviously you got a bit of run off the half back as well on, um, because of that through sink and so and whatnot. So I think the balance is more right with, I guess, with the way we want to play, but I guess with the way the modern game sort of turns in the last few years as well in terms of the, the ball movement and how quick and rapid it's been. Yeah, but there's a lot more emphasis on defending further forward as well. Didn't look like they were getting the balls clean, getting inside, inside there attacking 50 or our D 50. Yeah. Um, but that's probably for, for me, having to think about it now with the likes of, if you do have like a Hewitt or, a, or, a, or a Ed Kerner, for example, through the midfield, um, you're able that. to have a higher press because of the, the leg speed that Cunners has, that Fogarty has, that Martin has, that Walsh has through the midfield. And then from there, we're able to turn the ball over a lot higher at the park. And then all of a sudden you're closer to goal. And hopefully the forwards have, you know, obviously worked off their man on transition. 
um, or at least on defensive transmission and defensive transition. And then you've got the the free man inside forward 50, which happens on an odd occasion. Some occasions we didn't hit the target, um, but it did have happen over the course of the game. So I think purely because of the leg speed and the additions that we did have off the back of that, it's helped a lot. It goes, it goes to show what having Cunningham and Martin in particular, who have missed a lot of footy can do for the side. Cunner's only had 11 touches and it's fun. The, the funny thing is we had a big win, right? And I've seen the comments and I've seen a few people on social saying how good was Cunningham. He was so clean. He went at 45%. He wasn't clean. He was, he was scrappy. He only had 11 touches or something and he went at 45%. I think he only had three score involvements potentially in a game where we had 30 something shots on goal. So he wasn't, he actually wasn't clean, but it's the perception that these players come in and they have the, a massive impact because we've won. If that was a yeah, loss, Cunning right. would stand out. He would stand out as, as a detractor. He wouldn't stand out as yeah, a contributor. Yeah. So the thing is you've got to take into consideration too is the stuff that those players that have been working um, on in the VFL um, in terms of off the ball type stuff, in terms of their positioning as well. So, um, And I know that Voss in his press conference actually did mention that um, with the likes of Fogarty and and Cunners in terms of their work rate off the ball that was able to enable other players to get off the chain and, and whatnot as well. So um, it definitely helps. Yeah. I, I was just saying, like, it's just, it's amazing what a win, like what the perception, do, what what a win does for your perception of certain performances, right? Because I'm telling you, if that was a loss, Cunningham would have stood out as someone that maybe would we'd be sitting here going, he's not ready, brought him in too early. Yeah, yeah. You know what I, mean? I get what you mean. But because it's a win, like all of these cracks get papered over. And this is this is probably this is probably what this is this is probably the, the perspective that we didn't have at the start of last year when we were winning all these games we didn't see the deficiencies that were there. Do you know what I mean? From certain players. That's what I'm trying to say. It's just it's I'm just saying it's it's a positive that it's a win because we're not we're not having to talk about these things and they're not going to have to talk about these things. It's a win. It's a positive. They go into training on Monday or whenever it is and they go, boys, let's 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 go into the bye. Have our break. We found our mojo a little bit there. We'll tackle the Hawks after the break, and we'll tackle it in the same way, and we'll see where it can get us. And it's week to week. Yeah, yeah, but you still need to understand what position you're in, and of and, of and the uphill battle that you do have. Do you know what I mean? And what you are going to face at the end of the day. One player I do want to speak about. We spoke about a little bit last week was Jack Martin. I I turned to Jules at one point when he hit that forty. He actually hit two forty fives. To, to Chera, uh, little inboard passes um, under pressure on the boundary. But it was after the first one, and both Jules and I went, this is this guy's the biggest what-if of this football club that I think I've ever seen. Because if Jack, Mar- if Jack Martin's body was up to the rigors of AFL football on a consistent basis, who knows? Honestly, who knows? Like, we all yeah, forget he kicked four. He kicked four. We all forget that we, he kicked four on debut. Like, I remember that first game, and we're going... <laughs> What a pickup. And he just he hasn't been able to he hasn't been able to string it together. Cunners is another one. Jules, man, you they flashed up the stat around games played for Cunners. He's played 42 games. He got drafted when Harry and Charlie got drafted. Like the biggest what ifs about this club are what if their body could hold up? What if we develop them better? And they Jack Martin at the moment, after the last two games, is just yeah. I've just I've just sat there stunned at what it what it could have been. If he yeah. over the last few years, if he was fit and firing yeah. everywhere. But it, even like you know, you say you mentioned Charlie and Harry. Like you know, Harry's only played his hundredth game now. What is he? Twenty six. Yeah, he should be at least one fifty minimum. 
at yeah. this stage of his career. But because of his, you know, injury, um, obviously the first two, three years and then in the last year or so as well. Um, and obviously, you know, everyone knows of the likes of Charlie. Um, but the ability to get players in the, or games into these players when they were younger um, and even in terms of their connection relationship on field has obviously been a little bit of a detriment as well. Um, so, yeah, a lot of these players haven't played, even though obviously their age is a little bit older, they're obviously mid-20s, they haven't played a lot of games. Yeah, but is that not the problem? Is that not the club's fault when you are getting someone like a Jack Martin on board? Like, understanding that there is that risk of injury? Like, he, he didn't, it's not like he came to us healthy. No, of course. I mean, a lot of those. That's what I'm trying to say. So, you know, we're talking about what-ifs and, 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 you know, with the likes of Jack Martin and stuff, but at the, at the end of the day, it's poor recruiting. And look at the position it's put us in. We're not, we haven't even used the we haven't even used it to our advantage to get to where we want to be, which is win a premiership. So why well, are we, why are we bringing these players on board? In the it's first a good place? one because because another don't player that wrong. was missing. Go yeah. go. No, go. don't get me wrong. Like I'm not saying that Jack Martin is is a shit player, but what's the point of having someone like him if you can only string five games together in a season? Yeah, it, it is, and it's frustrating, right? And this is what I'm saying. It's it's just frustrating. It's it's as it's bittersweet. Is, is the word. It's bittersweet to watch him do what he did today because I thought he was brilliant. Like he he has so much poise and so much class when he's in this side, but we just don't get it consistently enough. Speaking of speaking of games missed, George Hewitt is becoming that sort of player quite quickly. And I'm a bit concerned. He didn't play today. It didn't look like we missed him. What what are your before next week in the mid-season buy when we do the mid-season review and whatnot, we're gonna do a bit of a, a keep or sell um type segment. But and I'm I, I know George Hewitt's gonna be one that we're gonna speak about, but at the moment, especially after today, reviewing the game, did we miss George Hewitt today? Really? Oh, look, have I we missed him in the last few weeks? Is, would he really have added anything in the last few weeks? If he's fit, if he's fit if he's and firing, fit, yeah. I'd say yes. If he's fit. For me? We saw, we saw it last year. You, get, you can't say that, Joe, because but, last but hold year, on, hold on. how many this times did we say but, George Hewitt, oh, my God, he's unbelievable. He's this the player is the same, we've been missing. But this is the same argument with Jack Martin, if he was fit. Sure. I understand. So I understand. how long you hold? So how long? How long do you rest on your laurels and hold this player and potentially that let allow that to become a liability as part of the list? Well, that's right. Well, he. Well, this is what I'm saying about the issues of the club is that we've recruited again another player with a history of he had back problems, didn't he? Didn't he have issues with his back prior he to did. coming to us? He did. That's right. So that's a that's another another you know downfall of, of the club's recruiting is that we're getting these players that that clubs that necessarily don't want or, or they know that aren't going to serve them, uh, aren't going to be a long enough servant for the club to make an impact. And we take them on. You know what I mean? I know it's a gamble and sometimes it can it can go your way. But yeah, George Hewitt last year, yeah, it did. We were all going, oh my God, what a recruit. How dumb is Sydney? But now look at us. Now he can't get on the park. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I think Hewitt, for example, before he did come to us, he, it wasn't like as if he didn't, play two or three good seasons and on top of that have, you know, 15, 20 plus games a season, which he did. Like he might yeah, have had he, back issues, but he definitely did play through it. If, but he, what if happened, there was one. Yeah, but I think we I think as well, and this comes down to the the you know list management and, and that whole thing is that I think we genuinely hammered him last year. With the demand on the amount of injuries we had and everything, like I think he probably played more than what he could have coped with last year. That's Think about our too. list was depleted. Our list was depleted last year. And we've got yeah. a guy that's coming off a history of back injuries. And then we've probably given him a workload of a season that he probably wouldn't have been able to cope with either. You know, yeah, and then this, this is the result. This is the result of that now. 
Yeah. It's but, just, it's, it's just in, a game like today is just interesting talking about this stuff because, like, you see Cunningham, you see Martin, and you, you still kind of think, like, they probably won't be on the list next year, realistically. Like, unless they can string 10 weeks together where they, they play blistering footy, they, neither of them might be there. Um, and and you just look at this game, it's a 60-point win. They add something, they add a bit of spark, add something dynamic. And I just feel like in a year or two, we might look back and go, like, you know, fuck, maybe, maybe we had the list. Maybe we had the players. They just weren't capable. Body, mind, whatever it is. Like it's just it's it's I'm already I'm I'm already trying to place myself two or three years ahead and looking back at this game and and we're doing this and we go, remember that Gold Coast game when we had all these players and 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 it was it was just a, a little bit of insight into what could have been. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it was yeah. one of those moments for me today. It just yeah. it felt a little even, bit surreal watching it. Yeah. I mean, there's a few that we haven't even mentioned, like Williams, you got um oh, yeah. McGovern. You've got um, March better today. Well. Yeah, he was playing today, but obviously in terms of last No, week, he was much better. Three, he was better, though. Oh, he was, he was much better. better yeah, 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 he definitely was. You know, it was been good as well the last few. To be honest, it's been probably not too bad, probably due to his high expectations or everyone or high expectations that people have is is um, is weedering. Um, I feel like as if he's sort of come to his own um, again the last few weeks as well. Um to be fair, he's probably kept his opponent or direct opponent quiet um, for most of the season. Um, but it's just been his foot skills that sort of let him down and um, sort of cost us some goals. But um, again, today, back to his best and intercepting a lot as well. I think, boys, and this is just taking it back to the game quickly, that Saad made a good comment at quarter uh, time, saying that it just we brought things back to basics. And how many times have we been saying just we just need to simplify what we're doing? Because it just seemed as though they looked disjointed and the and confused. How many times we didn't they they did not look confused with the ball today, no. Or in the way we set up behind the ball, systems were good. Um, so hopefully we've been crying out for that to maybe that's the way they've simplified the game plan to now make it all click and yeah. It's, um, we did speak about we spoke about the center bounces and that was one aspect that we looked really good. But our scores from turnovers today were fantastic, and I thought our transition game was fantastic. We spoke a little bit about the backline mix earlier. Um, Lewis Young was uh, an omission, not for the first time this year, and the backline was quite small compared to what we're probably used to. Um, Kemp, I think Jules, when you talk about Weedering, brilliant. I feel like he's looked he's looked. Be- I think Weeders has looked best when he stood next to Kemp rather than Young. To be fair, for most of the season, when Kemp's been inside, um, now it's not a. This isn't a dig at Lewis Young at all, but he's been out of form. Everyone, everyone can see it. Um, probably rightly omitted. I don't know what we do with Lewis Young from a list perspective. It's it's a tough one because he's only just come in, but and we're, and we're really short on key defensive stock. But I think Weedering stepped up in the absence of Young and with the inclusion of Kemp. McGovern stood taller. With Kemp there, like Kemp, I keep looking at Kemp and go, "This is this is the guy, this is the guy that's going to hold us in good stead." Like he just looks so composed, and he's one. You know, we talk about development every other week, boys. He's not one that we rushed into this side. He had two, three, four years of development at reserves level before he came in to make an impact, and he's taken it with both hands. And he doesn't look like he's going to go backwards. Like that's probably one that we might look at in a few years and go, "We got that one right." Not like a Dow where we go, "Fuck, maybe we rushed him too quickly." Yeah, but I look at it as well that I think when I looked at the omissions for this week, I looked at someone like Sauce, um, you know, Youngie, and I thought the uh, the Voss and his assistants 
they're making these calls off form. If you're playing shit, you get dropped, plain and simple. If you're not proving yourself in the twos, you stay in the twos. If you're not playing and performing at, you know, at senior level, then see you later, you know? So I think that's what we need to start seeing a lot more of that because then that will drive the standards, yeah? Because people know that if they if they play well, they hold their spot. If you don't play well, you're on the chopping block. doesn't matter who you are, you know? We're short. We're, we're, we're lacking in terms of, um, you know, key defenders. We don't have many to choose from and we drop young. And all it's of us would have gone... Yeah. It's interesting though because we look better. We look better with four half-back flankers that were streaming off the half-back line. And we didn't look like the back six was susceptible to getting three or four kicked on at any stage. It was still very, yeah. very tight. Well, it was still very... When the... yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Start being ruthless in the sense that no one is safe. doesn't matter yeah. who you are. No yeah, one is safe. And then that will drive the standards of the whole playing group. doesn't matter when who... You're... Yeah. When you're dominating, well, not dominating possessions, but when you're, you know, overshadowing the, the opponent possessions and you've got 70 tackles in a game, um, it sort of puts pressure on the opposition, obviously, in terms of their ball movement and their inside 50. So then the, you know, you sort of allow a third defender to come over as well to spoil and get an inset mark and so on and put pressure and put body on the opposition as well. So, you know, there's a lot that you can do, even if you are under man in defense, to be able to actually prevent the other team from um, getting a, Get, or at least getting a mark inside forward 50. So and I think that's what we're seeing. And with the, the, obviously the leg speed, it helps to be able to do that. So um, Jordan, yeah. just speaking of leg speed and ball use, Jordan Boyd is honestly, he's a ripper. Honestly, yeah. he's a ripper. Like he had 11 touches today, but I feel like in that second quarter, that <clears throat> it, it felt like he had all 11 in that second quarter alone. He was, he was blistering at times. And the way that he, it's the penetration of his kick. It's the, it's his ability to take the game on and just take that kick and not care and move on to the next one. Like I've got to be honest, Jordan Boyd, <laughs> the three of us, when he, when he played, I think he played in a practice game when we first brought him on and all three of us said, we never want to see this guy on the park. Cause if he's playing, then <laughs> there's something wrong. We did, we did. And we got it wrong. Yeah, we we, I think all of us got it wrong because he's, he has honestly been a, a, a a blessing in that back line when, you know, I, I think with, with, with the, with Williams um, missing the season, that could have been a, a gaping hole if Boyd didn't step up and he has, and I feel like he's, he's seriously cemented a spot in this side going forward, even for next year. Yeah. For me, definitely flies under the radar. Oh yeah. For sure. Of, of opposition um, team. We, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about where to, from here. And we're going to talk about this a little bit more next week in the mid-season review. But what does this mean? Because like we're 5-1 and 8. We're, you know, like we said, two games out of the eight, whatever it is. Likely not playing final. So where does, where, with nine games to go, where does it leave us? And, you know, you can say what you want. If we play that sort of footy out of the middle, we could, we, we know that we can take it to anyone. I think we're all very apprehensive to say that we can do that week in, week out. But, Boys, if today was, if it was, and it's likely not, and I'm not going to blow the lid off this, but if today was the kickstarter that that midfield group needed, do you think that there's belief that they can win their next nine? Like, fuck it. Let's just say, they, do you think there's any belief there from this group well, that if they play the way they did today, that they can win their next nine? Yes I don't no? think you should just say this midfield group. I think the forward structure as well. I think you should and include forwards, that. Yeah. Yeah, Fair. I think yep. the forwards should definitely be in there because I don't think they've been, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think they've been good at all, um, probably apart from Charlie. Um, but, yeah, well, I think you'd be dumb to think that you wouldn't be able to try and, you know, do something miraculous and try win your next, what is it, eight, 
whatever. But I think it was I think it was Richmond in their 2017 premiership. They won their last eight or ten or something in in the lead up to that. But final isn't this what we're talking right? about? So isn't this what we sorry, Joe? But isn't this what we've been talking about? Where from a cultural perspective and where you, and what you want to achieve? That yeah, like why should you be thinking that your season's done? Isn't that just going against everything that we're talking about? And this isn't this isn't us being nuffies, right? And we're not sitting here saying, "Oh, we're going to win our next nine. It's just no. asking the question of where where does it leave us? Because everyone all season has said we're ready, we've got the list, we've got this, we've got that. Why aren't they playing that way? Then we saw it today, and it's like, well, okay, do you have that belief that you can do it week in week out? Because Port Adelaide have just won ten or eleven straight, whatever it was, and they were nowhere at the start of the season. They're beating yeah. everyone now. My it's thing about is having, it's about having the mindset to win. It's every about game. having the mindset. You have to have the yeah. mindset to win regardless. Now, it looks like, personally for me, that's the identity of of, Carlton Football, of, of the Carlton Football Club, what we saw today. That, for me, that is a, probably a more of a reflection. And then it's about adding the ruthlessness to want to win week in, week out. And if, you're, and if we're all hoping and saying that today is the day that that then continues, I'll be the first one to say, I'll wait to see it against a top, top eight, top four side that we can bring that what we did today. But um, I think, yeah, if, if you're not going, if you're, if you're going into this and going, Oh, I hope that we can, you know, a few players can try and step up and hold a spot for Nick. Nah, fuck that. Every player's got to go, you know what? We can win, we can win next week. We can win the week after we've got to carry this through, you know, and then see what happens. We'll see what happens. But if it's not that, then I think, you know, it's, it, it's, it's just getting as much out of every game as you can and treating this almost as a preseason for 2024 to go, well, we, we need to figure out our identity before the off season. And we just got to carry that through. I think that's, that's the worst case scenario. Best case scenario is we win the next nine and we play finals. Think about this. I'll put something to you. <laughs> no, Joe, Jules, I'll put something to you. This will sum it up. Do you think that if this was the, so Collingwood with their mentality and how they play, do you think they'd be going, Oh, let's look to next, next year. No way. No. No way. So start switching your mindset to say we can still play finals this year. Regardless if it's a, a massive feat or not, start understanding that we should be playing or we should be winning every game. Because yeah. I, I would rather fall two games short, you know what I mean, than, than fall eight games short. But if you're thinking that this is preseason for next year, that's just completely the wrong mentality. Just defeated already. Correct. Yeah. For me, even if you lose, like, I'm not saying I don't want to lose the next eight or whatever it is and say we've got three games left, but even after losing the next eight, I still want to go into the last three rounds and win every single game. I want to see mm. him burning. I, I just don't, Correct. I have never seen this playing group burning at losing. That's what I want to see. I want to see them genuinely distraught when they lose. And then that's when you know there's a culture shift and an identity shift with this playing group and this club moving forward. That that is that is plain and simple. Yeah, today could be a stepping stone, and we'll see, we'll see, we'll see what what the sides are um, going to do over the next five, six, seven, eight weeks. Um, That's it. Yeah. All right, we're gonna we're gonna go into some blues cues. I think we've we've uh, done this to death. We'll go into some blues cues, and we'll do our votes, and then that's it for today. And we'll preview the mid season show next week. There's been a couple of questions about next week's show, um, but this is the time. If I've seen in the chat, yes, we do read the chat, but it's we do read the live chat. Uh, Gary's been hammering it. Gary's been hammering it today. We do. This is your time. If you want to ask us a question, ask us a question. We'll try and get to it. Um, But we'll start on the Instagram uh, with a few comments and questions after the game. Had this question and comment a lot today, boys, from M M Diet. 
said, can you make salami every week? No. I think people are attributing this win to us not going today. I've seen that a fair bit. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Maybe maybe I'll test it against the Hawks. I'd love to go. I want to be back for the Hawks game, but wouldn't be, wouldn't be a nice little test if, if, if you're superstitious. Um, Jimmy Gregg yeah. says, I'm lining. If huh? it means we win a premiership, I won't go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Gregg. Well, how's this? Jules's wedding's in September next year, and me and Jules have already made the comment that we're going to be in Spain for his wedding in September. I bet you that's the year we win the flag, and it's oh, the only flag that. we'll ever see in our lifetimes. No bullshit. I'll say that now, and I'll put that out there. Uh, Jimmy Gregg. Really yep. There'll be some Jack Grealish celebrations at Jules's wedding in Spain, I think. Uh, Jimmy Gregg says, fuck it. I'm lining up a ticket tech for a grand final ticket. See, this is what I mean. Some people are just... Yeah. <laughs> Too much. Uh, Yapper 93, David Cunningham more class. Again, I said you went at 45%. This is this is just the perception after a win. Everyone's happy, everyone's rosy. He wasn't that great, but I hope he I hope he does keep coming into it. Um Bridge Herrera, who's done the calcs on how he can still finish in the eight. We've just spoken about that. Sam Hopkins, where's that been for the past eight weeks? Tend to agree. Sosbras, best. Backline, balance, all year. Three tools and plenty of run from the halfback flankers. Is Brody Kemp a lock in the best 22 from Jordan Blyfield? Yep, I think so. I think we've gone through that. Um, Cole Banks with another salami making needs to be a regular occurrence. Don't go to games. Um, uh, Jimmy Laser, are you spewing? <laughs> are you spewing you didn't go today? How much salami would you have given up to seeing a win? I really don't care. It's a, it's a mid-season win against Gold Coast. We made 41 salami. It's beautiful. Read Gary's one here. Gary's written a thousand comments, poor bloke. Sorry, Gary. I am going to get to you. All right. Uh, is anyone going to mention about how the side was better when Lewis Young isn't in the side and Jesse Motlop and James Austin Ed Kuno? They're not good enough. I think we spoke about Lewis Young. Um, Jesse Motlop, for sure. Like, he, he, I feel like, needed a spell. I even said to you at one point, Jules, how much better that forward line pressure looked without him there. He's, he hasn't been at his best. And I think he's one that needs to go back and develop in the twos. I, I, I'm not saying that Jesse Motlop's a spud. I just think we rushed him in like we have with a lot of our young recruits, and he's got a lot of work to do. Yeah, I feel the same way. Um, you know, we sort of – you've seen the, what's happened, obviously, with Dow, obviously, the last, you know, last half of the season. And then even Bins, look what he's doing in the VFL, and he still hasn't even gotten a sniff as well. So, um, and, you know, I think on the weekend, I think he had like 27, 28 touches as well, and he's um, working his way. Uh, potentially into the 22 as well. The booze hound with a $2 donation. Thank you, mate. It's un-Australian to book a wedding in September, yeah, but it's very Carlton-like to book a wedding in September. So <laughs> I think that's fair from Jules. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this one from Mars from the Jumper Punch. He's in, uh, he's in Italy at the moment. So uh, it's nice that he's, he's using his Italian vacation to watch us. Thanks, Mars. Hope you're having a, hope you have a good time. I hope you're having uh, a ripper. <laughs> it's not a question. Don't get sucked into the fake facade. This is nourishment to appease the fans. What do we make of Mackay's comments in during the week about providing a safe environment? I I don't really want to comment on that. I mean, you know, we've commented on what players have said in the media all year. I don't. I don't I've I've actually switched off from a lot of the media to be honest. Yeah, same. Um, but in terms of fake facade and nourishment, yeah, I get that too. Like you know, and this is where. Which way do you go? You know, what what side of the fence do you want to sit on? Do you want to sit on the side of the fence of the season's done? Who gives a shit? Or is it you know a bit of positivity and try to get yourself up every week to get there and get around them. I, I don't know. I'm I'm still at a loss in terms of where to go from here, to be honest myself. But 
it was at least nice to see him get a win today. I think that's that's all that needs to be said. Um, all right, Anthony Giannidis also asked, and there's a couple there's a couple of others that asked us too. Um, can I buy salami? A few others said we should auction one off for the pod. If you want one, it's fine. Might be covered in mold, and if you're happy with that, no problem. But you know, <laughs> we don't know how it's going to turn out. <laughs> uh, now. Votes, and then we're pretty much done for the night. It's a quick one because there's no preview. We've got the buy next week, so we don't have to go into any of that. Livy, I couldn't get – I do want to apologize to Livy. I couldn't get the uh, Livy's clip done. She was very happy after she the was right. week. I couldn't yeah. get it done because I don't have the uh, the editing capability this week, but Livy will be back next week. Boys, votes. Who wants to take it? We had the same. George? I can't remember what it was. Was it um... – trying to think. Off the top of my well, head. What was it? it was, Kent one, Kent one, yeah. Crips two, Chera three. There you yeah. go. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, Kemp obviously he's been good for the last few weeks. Um, it's been um, you know, working himself into it. Obviously, foot skills good. Gives a bit of a dash for half back. Um, a lot in set marks and very good one on one. Um, then got Crips twenty seven and three goals. I think. Um, obviously back to his best today. Um, and even the spread, I think we spoke about it as well across the midfield, which was good. Um, and then Chera just keeps going. In league growing in leaps and bounds, boys, and he kicked a couple as well, which was good. Hit the scoreboard, so um, I love his defensive um, tenacity as well, but always good with ball in hand. And he's strong, he's just gotten really, really strong around the core. Um, he gets yeah, 20 tackles. And tackles and put, yeah, he just takes tackles very easily now. So, obviously, he's good in space, he's good at finding space, but then even in the contest, he's a ripper. So, um, yeah, he's um, he's gonna be a very, very good player for a very long time for the Carlton Football Club. That's Can for we- sure. I know we brushed over that votes pretty quick, Paisan. I know we're going to wrap up, but we need to talk about Kemp a little bit more because. Oh, sorry. I thought you were talking about Kemp then, Jules. Sorry, I, I just realised you were talking about Chera. But yeah, yeah. Kemp, Kemp no, had twenty touches today, and I think he had something like ten or eleven intercept possessions within that, which is yeah. just yeah, it's unbelievable. And he went at he boys, he went at eighty percent. Yep. Like, and we know this guy can use the ball, but this is where I'm saying that, you know where disposal efficiency, like, again, this is just errors that we've been noticing week in, week out. Like, we're 18th in the in the comp for disposal efficiency, and now we've got a guy that can use the ball. Like, look how much that means for the way in which we get the ball going forward and, and how we set up. And we need to start noticing how valuable players like this are, you know? like For sure. Yeah, and that's what you said. It's the, the so-called role players. But if Kemp keeps going like this, he could be a superstar. Well, he, you know, I've said this before. He was touted as a top 10 pick before he did his ACL in the draft year. And obviously he missed the first two years through ACL and injury. But we we hadn't played him for two years after that. And playing him in the VFL for two years consistently and letting him find his feet, I think it, it will serve him well long-term. He's still young. He's still young. There's rumors that he's about to sign a contract extension, which is fantastic to hear. Yeah. And um, the best thing about it is he's basically been, I think it was best on ground across, you know, forward line, midfield and back line. So he's very, very versatile. I, I hope the club sort to. of lets him settle yeah. in defense. But to be honest with you, I think it could be anything. Yeah, I think I think if he needs to become a swingman eventually, he might, but that's down the track. I think right now we are we are screaming out for a key defender that can play one-on-one and intercept and take the game on with good disposal to sit next to Weedering. And if he can develop into that every week, I think I think we've got a, a serious ripper. So And now someone like Lewis Young, prove yourself. Show us what you've got and, and and go and earn it. Rather yeah, than getting call-ups again because it's just oh, something didn't work. So then we have to bring him in because he's the next option. Nah, you know what? 
Stay there until you prove it. Shout out, shout out to TDK as well, just quickly before we finish up. We've hammered him all year. I think a lot he's been a bit of a whipping boy this year because of the money he's demanding on the open market. But today he had that game. He finally had that game, he kicked a couple, you know, applied his trade in the ruck. I think he, he had the better of wits all day. And uh yeah, it was it was long time coming. But again, that's one game. If you can do it for the next ten, then you know what? I think by the end of the season we're all gonna be going, we can't let him go. So yeah. See see where he goes from here. Um now that's it for the show. Next week, buy round. We don't we don't stop. And lazy conqueror in the comments before you asked a question. You asked one question. Will there be 360 feedback next week? Of course there's gonna be fucking 360 feedback next week. It's gonna be grimy and dirty. There's yep. a lot to be said about these two here from me. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. I hope that Wi-Fi cuts out, Joe. <laughs> I'm surprised we didn't cut out tonight. Hey, it's been good tonight. So getting it sorted, accountability, just get it sorted, move on. But yes, buy round next week. We will be here Sunday night again at 7 p.m., I believe. I have to double check that, but I think it's 7 p.m. live. And if you're listening on Spotify and Apple, Apple Podcasts, it'll be up during the week next week as well. Um, we'll do 360 feedback. We'll do a full mid-season review, and we'll do some keep and sell Um options across the playing group not the whole playing group but i think uh there's a few we need to talk about at the midpoint of this season but uh hey that's it we're going to work we're going to work happy tomorrow so can the baggers lazy lazy very very happy to hear that we're doing 360 feedback next week gavin whelan wants us to auction off a salami there you go so we might Oh, actually, there will be there may be a sneaky announcement um in the lead up to our episode but uh Keep, not for the salami, for something else. So keep your eyes and ears peeled. And Tez, a little broad, internet, Joe's internet getting fixed and Carlton get a win. I know what he's insinuating there. And I think what he's saying is that if that's all happening, then Carlton are going to keep winning and we're going to play finals and we might even win the flag. So, oh, <laughs> oh. Oh, on that note, can the baggers. Yeah, baggers. See you next week.